This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Welcome to Shrink Chicks. I'm Emily Beerley. And I'm Jennifer Chaikin. And we're licensed marriage and family therapists and owners of the therapy group. We're on a mission to make therapy and therapeutic topics more relatable and accessible. So stay tuned, because in order to grow yourself, you gotta know yourself. Hi, Jen. Hi, Em. Welcome to Shrink Chicks, everyone. Welcome to Shrink Chicks. We are thrilled to be here today. We are. We have a lot of We really are. Today. Yeah, we yeah. actually feel great. We are actually excited. Sometimes we record this and it's like, oh, fuck, man, got to talk. No, today I actually feel great. I'm really happy to be here. Me too. I also just have to say, everyone who listens to this show, <laughs> people probably listening like, fuck these bitches. But like, <laughs> everyone who listens to this show, I think she's just like the best person in the whole world. I agree. Everyone's, everyone's so, so wonderful. Sp- the reason why we do this <laughs> is for you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's true. Like, people are so nice, and they it's really helpful to hear how helpful this is for people yeah. and how it supports them in their own therapy. You know, I love hearing that because, you know, when we're just talking, we're just talking to each other, and so it's hard to, like, know how much this is impacting people. So it's really nice to hear from listeners that mm-hmm. it's it's like has been helpful for them. So if you let us know, you know, we try to respond to everyone, but if we don't respond to you, we see it. And it really is really lovely to hear. So yeah. thank you so much for listening. Um, in today's episode, we're talking a little bit about changing long-term friendships and how to navigate them. And I think every time we talk about friendships, people have so much to say. And I think it really goes to talk about how little we talk about how hard friendships can be and yeah. the pain friendships can be and, and the joy and wonderfulness and just as a society we have put so much weight into romantic relationships and we say it time and time again but platonic relationships are fucking life-changing and they can hurt us and heal us so we're gonna talk a little about that today before we get started we have an amazing um intro question from Alyssa, which is favorite meal of the day and why lunch what <sighs> no I find lunch the hardest meal of the day. I never know what to eat for lunch. We can have different experiences. No, we can't. You must agree (laughs) with me at all times. (laughs) No. Can I tell you why I love lunch? Yes, you can. I just love sandwiches and wraps, you know? (laughs) Like, I love a wrap. Yeah, you do love a wrap. I fucking love a wrap. I, like, recently, you know, in order to transition my lunch love into breakfast love, I recently started eating breakfast burritos because it's basically a wrap in the morning. They're so good. Remember? Do you remember that time we were literally interviewing someone and you took a pickle off of my plate that was to the side? Yes. <laughs> I try to block that out. I've tried to block that memory out. It just was so mm-hmm. tempting. How... Do you not just like go for the pickle that's in front of you? Because I save it for last to savor it. I love the pickle. But like but you I weren't wanted eating it at the it. end. <laughs> I was saving it. <laughs> we were in an interview. Our lunch I got just, there really late. I just think priorities, you know. Yeah, you're right. I should have been like, you know what? I'm going to need you to wait 10 minutes. And I should have. That would have been an appropriate boundary. I'm really sorry. My lunch was late. You know me, but I'm trying to be respectful of other people's time. So that's a hard like, oh, thing to do. Good. But I think you could do both. You know, yeah. you can say, listen, I have to eat a pickle in the middle of this interview. I really like pickles and I save it for the end. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I I struggle with lunch so much that I never know what to eat for lunch. Yeah, Do you make your own wraps? I, I like no, that's hard. Okay, yeah. Okay, so no, at like lunch I'll like kind of graze. Like I'll eat like you know like some chicken salad and some egg salad. I also love like prepared. You do. You love salads. a deli salad. You do love a deli salad. <laughs> You know, like, and it's just like, I love all of the things that are like appropriate to eat during lunch. Yeah, you and really I guess do. I really do. And so it's just my favorite meal. It feels, it feels like it reflects my personality. Yeah. <laughs> like it's relaxed. It's like chill. <laughs> Would you say I'm relaxed and chill? I so, hope. Some days. Yeah. <laughs> some and days on other days, I'm like, a, I'm like a dinner, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I would say dinner is probably the most stressful. Oh, dinner is the easiest for me. Wow. Yeah, man. Dinner, because usually like, also, I, mean, like I know I, I eat lunch and you eat dinner at the, the same, same time. time. <laughs> it's because I eat dinner at 5 p.m. I, I eat dinner at like 4.35. So, yeah. <laughs> I have a kid. <laughs> and they go to bed early, right? So, yeah. but a dinner is always really easy for me because I always like know what I'm going to cook. Yeah. Right. So like tonight, I know that we're making tacos for dinner because I bought all the ingredients to make tacos. And last night I knew that we were going to have steaks um, and rice because that's what we had bought. And the night before, I knew that I was going to make a baked chicken because yeah. that's what I bought ingredients for. And but like lunch, I'm always like I like open the fridge, such an ADHD thing. Open the yeah. fridge. I just like stare at it. And I'm like, what can I eat? Yeah. Want to know what I ate this morning? Actually, I meant to bring this up in our last recording because I wanted to talk about the fact that my tongue is burnt right now on <laughs> pizza rolls oh i love pizza rolls pizza rolls are so good i love pizza, the, pizza in the but, morning pizza in the evening and pizza at supper time but that's oh that's that's bagel pizza bites. bagels <laughs> bagel bites my bad bagel bites similar, yeah. similar. which Actually, just you know i also good, have in my freezer right but now not as good i would say as pizza rolls i love pizza rolls oh god I'm i don't know if some. i would say not as good different I, listen, once again, we can have different opinions. <laughs> I just am trying to break this enmeshment that we have. Okay. I'm allowed <laughs> to feel like I like pizza rolls. You more. are allowed to like Domino's and I'm allowed to like Pizza Hut. There it is. And, you know, we end up talking about the same types of foods. I think we're just, you know. We like the form they come in differently. Cheese, bread. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same thing. Exactly. Chick-fil-A. <laughs> Okay. Um, wait, then I'm what also right before we recorded, I was doing playing a game with Jen and she was like, why don't we just do this on the recording? So this is um, a piece of art, but it's not going to be as fun for people that are listening. This is a piece of art that my daughter came home with yesterday. What do you think this is? Okay. I'm going to say a ghost. Yeah. You had the first half right. We did this before. On, but then... on like a springboard, <laughs> like a ghost or eating is it's either a ghost puking up in like a swivels, a square, or the ghost is like on this like springboard. It is a ghost <laughs> smelling a brownie. <laughs> never, never would have gotten that. <laughs> That's good for four no. and a half. Listen, I'm not judging this your daughter girl is at all. She's four. She's four. <laughs> I'm that mom that's like, my kid is the smartest. You're like, she is Picasso. How dare you not guess She this? is a prodigy. Look at this. That is a bat. I thought a it was shark. a panda. <laughs> With the wings. Beautiful. She, she's My good. kid. She is. I'm totally that mom. You're going to frame it. Frame it. Yeah, go ahead. All right. So let's go back to changing long-term friendships, how to navigate them. 
Okay, this comes up every time. Every time someone's like, thank you for talking about this. I feel so alone and I'm so scared about this. And that is really hard to hear because this is incredibly difficult. Yeah. The the first question we got is, why is it so hard to accept friendships and closeness levels changing? Mm -hmm. I was thinking about this question because I think that when things change in a relationship, so often we're looking for like something someone to blame, right? Or something bad happens in order to create that. And I think so often in friendships and closeness, like none of that has to be true in order for the closeness to change. Like Mm -hmm. I think a lot of it is very much rooted in like different life stages. And I think that our brain goes to something must be wrong. We must have done something wrong. They must be mad at me, right? Like our brain jumps to like something bad is happening um, as opposed to we're just in different stages of life right now. And they're really busy and I'm really busy. And it makes it just hard to stay in touch, especially if you don't live in the same area. I think that is real. That's a really important thing to highlight. Like, you know, like you can have friends that live 30 minutes away and it still feels like a state away when you're so busy. Mm-hmm. It really just ends up being different logistical factors in a lot of in a lot a lot of times. And I think that that's really hard to just say nothing has happened. It is just our lives that have created this distance. Yeah. We are so excited to share our newest sponsor with you all, Hungry Root. Hungry Root is the easiest way to get fresh, high-quality groceries and simple, healthy recipes delivered to your door. The team at Hungry Root just sent me a new box full of amazing stuff. It was literally like I was opening a present going through it. Seeing what was inside and trying everything was just so thrilling. In my Hungry Root box was chicken salad, veggies, dumplings, shakes, cookies, and so much more. My favorite thing I tried was the drumroll donuts. I highly recommend them. The ordering process could not have been more simple. You take a fun, short quiz and Hungry Root will get to know your personal health goals, what you like to eat, the kitchen appliances you use, and more. Then they'll build you a personalized cart with all of your grocery needs for the week and give you delicious recipe recommendations to put those groceries to good use. Hungry Root will recommend recipes and groceries based on your personal tastes, but each order is fully customizable. Take their suggestions or choose anything you want. They've got fresh produce, high-quality meat and seafood, pantry staples, health snacks, sweets, ready-to-eat meals, and much more. Hungry Root has made my daily meal prep so much easier. The mental load of grocery shopping is exhausting, and Hungry Root gives me back that mental energy. Right now, Hungry Root is offering Shrink Chicks listeners 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to HungryRoot.com slash Shrink Chicks to get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies. That's HungryRoot.com slash Shrink Chicks. Don't forget to use our link so they know we sent you. When bloggers or influencers post their outfit links, nine times out of 10, I click on it and immediately exit because the price is bananas. It wasn't until recently that I clicked on something expecting it to be the usual out of my price range sweater and it was under $60 at Quince. 
Quince has become my ultimate destination for luxury essentials that won't break the bank. Let me tell you about some of the gems I found at Quince. From their 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters starting at just $50 to their washable silk tops and dresses, organic cotton sweaters, and stunning 14 karat gold jewelry, Quince offers a range of high quality items at prices that are truly within reach. And here's the best part. All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Yes, you heard that right. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the middleman passing the savings on to us. I recently got my hands on one of their washable silk tops and let me tell you it has become a staple in my wardrobe. Not only is it incredibly versatile, I've worn it to work out with friends and even dressed it up for a date night, but the quality is unmatched. Give yourself the luxury you deserve with Quince. Go to quince.com slash shrinkchicks for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's q-u-i-n-c-e dot com slash shrinkchicks to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash shrinkchicks. I think somebody had the next question was like, why is this sometimes more painful than a romantic breakup? And I think the thing is, is actually sometimes our friendships are more fulfilling than a romantic relationship. We don't like saying that out loud. But I also think like it's so much like people always be like, oh, well, that's why you're called your friends, right? And not your partner. Like sometimes we like there's a weird thing where it's like almost like I can accept the limits of my romantic relationship, but I struggle to accept the limits of my platonic relationships. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. I, and I think that that goes along with how much we talk about the limits of romantic relationships mm-hmm. and how much, you know, it's it's discussed in it because your romantic relationship is like really, you know, it plays a huge role in your overall happiness in your life. Yeah. Um And I think friendships are like this like beautiful bonus that we have, right? Like they're not supposed to take from us at all, you know, in our minds. But yeah, I think that to look at a friendship just like we look at any other relationship is that they also have their limits, right? And like there are going to be times where you disagree and there's going to be times where you get, you know, you might have arguments or you might have distance in your relationship. Um, and I think we have so many tools in our romantic relationships to be able to work through things like that because we talk about it all the time. There's couples therapy, but we don't really have the tools in our friendship as much. You know, like we don't yeah. really develop these tools. We don't really talk about like how do we have those conversations. Like the boundaries around your friendships and what to communicate about are much more um, skewed yeah. than the boundaries around your romantic relationship. I struggle with getting close to people and vulnerability due to a bad friendship breakup. How to move forward. Mm. Right. Have you processed through that bad friendship breakup and how painful it was? Yeah. And then the hard thing is you could say the same thing, even a romantic relationship, right? How do I put myself back up there? How do I trust again? And that is really difficult when we've had an ending. Who can I be close to? Who can I feel safe with? And I think you'll have to do an inventory for yourself about how would you know if the next relationships are safe, right? The same yeah. we would say in a relationship relationship is, okay, well, what are your green flags in friendships, not just ro- romantic relationships? Oh, that's good. I love that idea of, of looking at what your green flags are in your friendships. Well, what would you say? Openness. Mm. I've said that to you before. I love, yeah. you know, it's just like. You, you always know where I stand, baby. <laughs> always know where you stand, you know? And I also just love when there is this like level of openness and relate, I think it also allows me to feel open mm-hmm. in a, in a friendship, in a relationship. Yeah. That's number one for me. What about you? I think for me it's hard. I think that um, because of who we are, 
in what we do. Sometimes it's easier for me to feel used by people or feel like um, they don't actually want a friendship from me. They want something from me. And I feel like I have experienced that a lot. Like people love asking stuff of me. And that's not a problem. I want to be there for my friends. It's just a problem if I don't feel like it's reciprocal. I don't feel like there's even safety for me to ask for anything from you. And for my close friendships, I will, right? I, I, I said to you on Monday, I said, I got to talk to you. I need you to get on a Zoom. I was so scared. And I'm like, how fucked up did my eyes look? <laughs> oh my God. I knew, I knew when we got on that Zoom, you would be crying. Yeah. I was just like sobbing my eyes out. Yeah. And I was like, listen, I am feeling exhausted. I'm feeling defeated. I don't have, like, I'm really falling the fuck apart. But there's a lot of my relationships that I would still call friendships that I don't feel like I can make that call to. Yeah. I also have a lot of people that will be like, well, let me know if you need anything. But it's not like substantial, right? My yeah. my a friend, um, my really, my, you know, my best friend, Brielle, she said to me a few weeks ago, she was, okay, I'm going to come to your house at this time. Here's what I can do. Like, I'm going to come and do this, or you're going to come to my house and I'm going to help you out that morning. And just for someone to say something very tangible, even if I don't yes. need it, is very helpful for me to feel safety because it's already incredibly difficult for me to ask for help. Yeah. And so, yeah, something that feels like mutually beneficial and, and reciprocal and safe for me yeah. that I don't feel like I have to perform for them. Because, you know, I'm always feeling like I have to perform and be a, you know, dancing we talk- monkey or something. We were talking about um, <laughs> Coyote Ugly because Emily was watching it on repeat for <laughs> I mean, some reason. I, for some reason, I watched Coyote. Wait. This week alone, I've watched Coyote Ugly three times, and I'm in the season two of Entourage. And let me be clear, both are horrible and amazing. Okay. But we decided, you know, I was like, why are you watching Coyote Ugly so much? Is it because you really relate to her? Because (laughs) (laughs) she had no money. (laughs) She had no money and she's performing. (laughs) And that is how I feel right now. Yeah. Yeah. She was like singing, singing her songs. And that's I was how like, I feel. Yeah. I said, Leanne Rhymes is going to come save you. <laughs> Just like she saved her in Coyote Ugly. Do you think she'll come? Absolutely. <laughs> Your savior would be Alanis Morissette. Oh, my gosh. Which they were blasting the most amazing remix of Alanis Morissette yesterday at the gym. And I was like, what is the name of this playlist? I have to send this to Jen. It was <sighs> called you. Throwback Throwdowns. Oh, thank you so much. I'm yeah. looking for it now. Yes. Okay. So how do I come to terms with a friend ending our friendship when I've been hurt a lot in the past by friend loss? That is really hard yeah. because people are allowed to end relationships and it can also be a trigger of a wound we have from before. Yeah. So I think sometimes we do have to separate this, right? Sometimes somebody ending a relationship actually isn't the worst thing in the world. Sometimes it's a really healthy thing to do and it's beneficial. But when it hurts a wound that's already there and raw, we have to be able to like sort of separate these two things. Yeah. And, you know, if someone is ending a friendship with you, then, you know, and I think this is going to sound kind of like a cliche cliche thing to say that like people say when they end romantic relationships is that, you know, my sense is that's probably not a relationship that you want to be in. Right. And. This goes back to our green flag conversation around like what if you look around in your life, what are the healthy friendships that you have? What what do they encompass for you? Like what do they give to you? Um, And the ones that have ended, how were they different? You know, what did maybe they take from you or what was different about them? Because it is the case that 
you are going to be compatible with certain people and not compatible with other people. That's just the nature of relationships in general. And you're not going to be everyone's cup of tea. Does anyone know I had that tattoo, though? I don't actually know if that joke worked. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> also, no I one can a, see our faces. I have a tattoo that um, is two porcelain teacups, and it says not everyone's cup of tea, because that's for damn sure. And I think it's like a beautiful thing to just accept that, because when you try to be everyone's cup of tea, you're molding yourself to fit what other people's needs are, as opposed to being your true, authentic self. And there are certain people who are going to say this, you know, this is compatible and you're going to feel that too. And then other people you're just not going to be compatible with. Yeah. My um, therapist must say like 50 times a session, like you are not for everyone. Yeah. But there's a safety in wanting to be for everyone because then it feels like, okay, well, if I'm for everyone, no one hates me and everyone likes me and everything's good and blah, 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 I can control it all. I want to talk about this one. Do you think it's possible to stay close when you're completely different life stages, like being a new mom for single and dating? And then it goes into somebody else had asked about two of my friends just became parents and are so much closer because of it. I feel left out being child free. Will this get better? I will say this. When you're in different life stages, it makes sense for the relationship to change in some ways. There will be parts of that person that you don't understand or relate to the same way. And what would it be like to try to meet your friend in the new version of themselves? And does your friend meet you with the new version of themselves as well? As someone who is child-free and all of, you know, my friends are in the stage of having children, at least most of them. And a lot of your friends have babies at the same time. <laughs> yeah, they do. Yeah. <laughs> all at the same time. Pregnancy pack, baby. Pregnancy Which was packed. the best Lifetime movie ever. We should try to find that on DVD. I've never seen it. Oh, it's so great. It's about a group of teenage girls, but I believe it's a true story. All stop, like, all purposely try to get pregnant at the same time, and they all do. They're like all in high school. Wow. It's like a real story. It's so good. Okay, I'm going to tell you something. I have never watched a Lifetime movie in my life. No. How can that be true? You would love them. Really? <gasps> Jen. I just always you... found them so... We're going to have a night. This is what we're going to do. <laughs> Everyone get ready. We're going to do a YouTube episode where it's just us watching and reviewing Lifetime movies. They are phenomenal. We should do a YouTube series in general where we are watching things and analyzing them <laughs> from a therapeutic perspective. I really think people would love that. Don't you think well, people must do that? That's already got to be a thing people do on YouTube, no? Probably, but like... We don't have to reinvent the wheel. Yeah, we can just do it our way. But specifically, let's do some Lifetime movies. So, yeah, yeah, okay, that's fine. Okay, and note for Jen after this episode, please watch some Lifetime. Yeah. So but, let's talk about that. So how difficult has that been for you? So I think that I am also very conscious of the fact that like I know and I was prepared for the fact that this, because we're in different life stages, is bound to create a little bit of separation. And I do try to meet my friends who are in this life stage from what they're got. I'm also just really curious about people in general. So like it's I think it's really cool to watch my friends become mothers and how that has, you know, changed things for them and like watch how it changes kind of relationships for them and I mm -hmm. almost look at it from more of an objective perspective as opposed to this means something about me. Like I, I think that's really helpful in not taking it personally because I don't feel like it's personal to me. I feel like it's just a 
you know, a factor of just being in different life stages. And um, this goes back to the conversation around, I think so many times when there is distance in a relationship, we're often looking for like, this must mean they don't like me or they don't want to connect with me or, and we take it very personally as opposed to just saying like, this is just a matter of being in different stages right now. Um, and I think that it's okay to integrate yourself into those stages. I think that there's also so many times where, you know, people with kids don't invite people who don't have kids because they just assume that you don't want to hang out with their child. Skeptical about custom beauty? I get it. My feet is flooded with customize this and personalize that, all promising to fix my fine lines and thinning hair, but when pro says custom, they actually mean it. It's no gimmick. Your formula couldn't exist without you. Their in-depth consultation analyzes over 80 factors for a complete view of your life and beauty goals. They get personal. Pros covers everything from your concerns to your age, exercise, and stress levels in order to uncover what's impacting your hair and skin health. They asked me about my hair loss being genetic in my family, how long it takes for my hair to get oily after a wash, what products and tools I use to style my hair, and even my zip code to understand how the water hardness, UV index, and cold dry winter in Philly might be impacting me. Next, they recommended a full routine of truly personalized products, which were only produced after I placed my order. Nothing pre-mixed, nothing off the shelf. Since I switched to pros, I've noticed my hair is so much softer, shinier, and fuller. I keep getting asked if I got a blowout from the salon. But don't just take my word for it. In a third-party double-bind dermatologist-supervised clinical controlled study, aka the gold standard in research studies, pros prove that personalization works better than off-the-shelf alternatives. Try it for yourself and get your healthiest hair in 30 days or get your money back. Pros is so confident that you'll love your results that they're offering my listeners an exclusive trial offer so you can see the difference custom care can make. 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash shrinkchicks. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash shrinkchicks for your free consultation and 50% off your one-of-a-kind formulas. Pros.com slash shrink chicks say goodbye to the cheap razor era my friends it's time to treat your body to the premium shave it deserves with athena club em and i just got back from an amazing trip to the caribbean to celebrate our 10-year anniversary of our practice the therapy group and in haste of packing because yours truly is a packing procrastinator i forgot my athena club razor at home and had to resort to using a subpar flimsy razor that left my skin feeling anything but smooth a mistake i will never make again the athena club hype is real the shave is seriously the smoothest I've ever experienced, and that is especially evident after having to use another razor in its absence. Aside from the amazing smoothest, let me tell you why Athena Club's razor kit is a must-have in your self-care routine. First off, can we talk about the price? At just $10, it's an absolute steal. But don't let the price fool you. This razor packs a serious punch. It comes with a beautifully made ergonomic handle and two super sharp razor heads that deliver an incredibly smooth shave every time. Plus, with the included magnetic hook, storage is a breeze. No more dealing with gooby blades or unexpected midnight shower crashing sound surprises. And the quality of the shave is top notch. Those five precision engineered blades glide effortlessly, leaving you a silky smooth skin every time. Plus, the water activated serum and built-in skin guards ensure a comfortable irritation free shave. Are you ready to upgrade your shaving experience? Switch to the best razor on the market and show your skin you care with Athena Club. Head over to athenaclub.com to try their award 
award-winning razor and body products and get 20% off your first purchase with code SHRINKCHICKS at checkout. You can also find Athena Club razors at your local Target store. Trust me, you won't look back. Happy shaving. I was going to say this other perspective, which is I had this memory of you the first time I ever was the first time you ever met Millie or maybe the second. It was the first time I ever brought Millie into the office and you were there. Yeah. We were doing what well, we used to do in-person group supervisions before COVID. And I bring Millie in. It must have been the first time I ever met her because I come in and you said, let me hold her. And I, I don't know why, but I had this idea um, because you didn't have a kid that you like wouldn't have been like that. Right? right. And so like there was part of me that like wasn't going to ask you for help. And you immediately were like, let me have her. Um, And you took her and you held her and you pl- and like just like held her for a while. And I remember being like, oh, my God, like Jen's going to love this baby, too. And like you're going to be a part of this. But I think the thing is when you. <laughs> oh, I love you. Are you crying? <laughs> oh, my God, you're crying. That's so nice. <laughs> what made you cry about that? I just like it's so sweet. <laughs> and I but here's the thing I think you have especially when you become a first time mom, you like sort of feel like you need other people to ground you, right? But usually you go to people that have kids cuz you're like they must yeah. get it or like I'm annoying if I go to a child free person. And something that I have found out since one of my be- very best friends is child free you, um is that sometimes somebody in a different life stage can actually support you more. Yeah. Then you realize. I think that there's a thought that it's like you couldn't or you couldn't get me in a similar way. And maybe you can't. There's certain stuff you can't get of the exhaustion or the sleep or whatever. But what you could get, what what, what did happen is that you had the bandwidth to support me because yes. you weren't traumatized by being a mom yes. at the same time. And we we talked about this in terms of the episode we did with Jenny Wise Black about media. Yeah. But she one of the things she really talked about was that like we can't be traumatized and support other people going through trauma. Yeah. And becoming a first time mom is a bit traumatizing. Yeah. But I think you don't you think that you want to turn towards these other people. And maybe that's not true. So I would also say if you're feeling left out from these people, say to your girlfriends, hey, can I come over? Yes. And join you guys all cook dinner while you have the kids or all play with the kids, um, right? Like try to meet them where they're at. I think that's yes. one thing that we struggle to do. So many people wrote in about like, my friend moved away or something's distant. Are you meeting your friends where they're at? Are they meeting you where yes. you're at? It's okay for things to change, but do we allow the relationship to change with that? And and that's where I say, if you're taking it personally, right, I think our instinct is to yeah. turn inward and say, oh, well, I'm just not going to reach out because they're not reaching out to me. Or they must not, um, you know, value our friendship because they're not inviting me. But there could be so many other reasons why they're not inviting. They might not, right, just as we're talking about, they might not think that you want to be a part of that, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, they might be so inundated with stuff in their own life and are just assuming that like you're you're not feeling left out. So I think that having a conversation about it is so important, right? And it that that vulnerability is something that keeps you close. And so yeah, for you to say, I I mean, and I also had this memory of like when I slept over your house and Millie was like coming in my room at like 6 a.m. or something. And you were like, a wake up so- call. You were like, I'm so sorry. And then you were like, this is this is how it is. Blah, blah, blah. And I like loved it. You did love it. 
I don't have to experience it every day. You know what I mean? It was a joy for you. It was a joy for me. And, you know, she's not my child. So, like, I don't have to, like, do this every single day. And I don't have to. And so, like, she would wake me up. She would get in bed with me. And we would look (laughs) at (laughs) pictures of my cat on my phone. And this was, like, right after you had had a conversation with Aaron. You were like, oh, she has had no screen time for four days. And then she got in my bed and I was like, want to look at my phone? (laughs) And then afterwards, I was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I really ruined that. (laughs) That's okay. It was great. But it was so true, right? And I think that there, but there was a part of me before that was like scared. I don't know that you wouldn't like it or that it would be annoying. I think you're like so hyper aware sometimes. Yes. Now, also, I'm like, was like totally the person before. I mean, like, even when we go out to restaurants now, I'm like, there's kids here. Yeah. So, like, I'm also that person that's like. <laughs> but I um, Listen, I, I feel that way about kids I don't know. Yeah, it's different when you, like, know them and love it's them. It's different when you know them. It's different when you see them. And it's so cool to see your friends, like, yeah. <laughs> spawn. That's <laughs> not the right word. <laughs> Is it? That's the right word. I think spawns used for like the devil or something. Hold on. I feel like it's used for like frogs or amphibians or something. I don't know if that's true. What's spawn mean? Googling it. Yeah, actually, you're right. It's amphibians, right? Yeah, wow. You're a scientist. Holy this shit. bitch be smart. You mm-hmm. missed your fucking calling. Yes. The fish, the fish spawn among fine leaved plants. <laughs> anyway, I'm still going to use it. It's. <laughs> It is so truly wonderful to see your friends become parents and like see what they've created and how, once again, I'm really curious about people. I think it's fascinating. And so I might be in a different boat than other people. But, um, you know, I, I love what you said about meeting them where they are and that like it it isn't necessarily it doesn't necessarily mean they don't want to see you or don't want to hang out with you. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people have written somebody who wrote like friendship with history, but you've grown apart. Well, have you tried to grow together? Have you talked about that? Have you done different stuff? I have one of my um, best friends from my, you know, high school and a college moved to D.C. And it was definitely hard. And now, you know, there's a, usually I'm like, I'm like, what weekend is your husband going to play golf? And then I'll go stay with her <laughs> for that weekend. Not that I don't love her husband, but like, you know, right, you right. just like it's have different. some time. It's a little different, yeah. And I get to like experience her world for a little bit and live in it. And it's such a wonderful time. And we don't talk all the time anymore. But like. It is like, here's what I can do in adulthood. And it's great. One of my other great friends from college just came out from California um, because she happened to have like a wedding in the area. Come stayed here. We don't talk that often. And she stayed here and it was freaking awesome. So like, and I had to learn other stuff about who you hang out these days and what is your job like? And like, there was a lot of stuff I didn't know about her that I got to re-know about this person. And when you take your ego out of it. And imagine yourself as like, okay, I'm I'm meeting 2.0 version of this person. And the same thing is in your relationships. And I I would also, you know, I love those friendships where like you don't have to talk all the time and you know when you see them, it's like you pick right back up. And a lot of times that's friendships that have history. Yeah. But it also might be the case that your version of staying close is different than their version of staying close, right? Yeah. Like where for you, it might be, oh, we we have to talk on the phone every other week in order to consider us close friends, where they might consider you close friends even if you're not talking on the phone, right? Mm-hmm. And even if you have this time apart, if you have this ability to pick right back up when you saw them last, right? Like even even the friends that you're referencing them, right? Like you're really close friends with them, even though you don't talk to them all the time. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And so I think that that's another thing to ask yourself is like, what's your definition of what it means to be a close friend in adulthood and as your lives are changing and growing? Because it doesn't necessarily mean because your relationships are different that that means that you're growing apart. It might just be that your relationship is different than it used to be. I like this one. I miss my closest friends from college, but whenever we talk, it's just not the same. I think that this is such a similar thing. And, you know, I'm going to blame, you know, RIP to Matthew Perry, but I'm going to blame some stuff on friends right now, which is that we have, I think for a lot of us, we had this idea that we're always going to have a close group of friends throughout time. And then for some of us in college, you like legitimately did have a close group of friends. You hung out with all the time and it was normal to see each other. Lived with them. Yes, lived with them. You're like, you know what I mean? Like living in a, you know, a dorm or apartments or whatever. And then it's like, it's going to be hard to get back to that when you're not seeing somebody every day and you're not doing the same thing, right? In college, you're like, okay, we are like, even if we're in different classes, we're going to classes, we have the same general routine and here's how it is. It's going to be different as you get older, right? So one, I'm not saying that you don't miss those people, but I also wonder how much you miss that time yeah, and how much you miss community. And I, I love that because I think that then we attribute it to, oh, it's not the same, right? Like it must be our friendships are not the same. No, like your the time, your time in life is not the same. In college, you had no responsibilities. Mm-hmm. Right? You sleep late, maybe go to class, you maybe don't go to class. <laughs> and as you get older, your responsibilities grow, right? As you become a parent, your responsibilities grow. As you get in a relationship, your responsibilities grow. And of course things are different. Things are bound to be different. But I think it, we're quick to attribute that to a break or a rift in the, a relationship where it's just a natural progression of what's happening in both of your lives. All right. One more for Dear Emma Jen. Okay. Dealer's choice. BFF in a demanding career and prioritizes work where I value relationships and work breaks. Ooh. <laughs> Are we the right people to answer this one? I'm not sure. Are we biased? I'm going to go back to the same thing. How do we meet people where we're at? How do we say to our friend, I love you and I know you value your career and can you and I have go out for dinner this week or could we go out? You know what I mean? Like my my one good friend, uh, Natalie, who we've had on the show before as my, you know, one of my very dear friends is a dietitian on balanced nutrition. She's the best. Um, one of the things that we do a lot for some reason is get pedicures together. I don't know why. Um, I do not get pedicures with anyone else. I don't even fucking get pedicures. But it's like, oh, let's meet up and get a pedicure. We both run businesses. We're kind of busy. And that's the time we can find together. So sometimes also it's like, here, let's do this activity together. Yeah. Right? And like, it's going to be different and you might, you have different values and those, neither of those are wrong. But once again, how do we meet people where they're at? Dear Em and Jen, let's do it, babes. Dear Em and Jen, my sister-in-law, 36-year-old female, has been a difficult person throughout our wedding process. My fiance, 30 male, has talked to her and told her to be more open to me, and her actions are showing me otherwise. She has given me side eyes, snarky faces, and just the way she is towards me and my family has been brutal. Everyone notices this, including strangers. Apparently, she's been mad ever since we didn't include her in the wedding party, which was over two years ago. If she told us back then, we could have included her in some way, but now it's too late. My fiance is going to have another talk with her before the wedding to tell her to put the bitter feelings aside and be happy for him on the day of his wedding. But I want to talk to her later in hopes of having a heart to heart of what she might be going through. I really dislike the feeling of her being there with her being so upset still. I have empathy for her because there's so much going on in her life, but it's weird to me to not be happy for your brother. Help. Sad future wife. 
I like when people sign off. With, um, like a name. It's such a. Uh, I feel like that is such a um, dear. Uh, what was that thing that used to be in the in the dear Abby? Dear Abby. It's such a dear Abby thing. Yeah. Yeah. So somebody's this mad is really hurting. Right. So your future social law is like going through a tremendous amount of pain, clearly, and probably is not um doing the best job of getting her needs met. And so sometimes when people um are really struggling, they don't do great at having direct communication of, hey, really sucks. I wasn't in the wedding party. That really hurt me to not be included. And I think that's something to consider is how did you hurt this person? Yeah. If you know this, have you ever brought this up to them? I am really sorry this hurts so bad. I did not know that was going to hurt you. Never when I planned out this wedding party did I think this would end up like this. And I probably wouldn't have done it this way if so. Yeah. And so I think that's a hard thing. And I think it's also hard. I also would imagine the person writing in um, really wants people to like them. Yeah. <laughs> and this is pretty fucking triggering that this person is choosing to be very passive aggressive about it. Yeah. Um, also, you had said... Uh... I have empathy for her, for her because there's so much going on in her life. So I wonder what that is, right? What she's going through. And, you know, weddings can be really triggering for other people, especially when you're going through it. I think big events can be really triggering for other people yeah. when they're going through something hard in their lives. Um, and it's really hard, you know, to to navigate your own emotional response towards it. Um, and so I think that that's, you know, really beautiful for you to be able to develop that empathy because you can understand that she's going through something in her life. But especially when someone in our lives is like going through something really joyous, right? And like the whole family's getting together to support it and you're seeing all these people happy and you don't feel happy because of mm -hmm. something that's happening in your own life. And the disparity in that intensifies the feeling and allows that person to direct it in a lot of ways. Um, and so it just, in a similar way to what we're talking about in this episode, it sounds like you're in very different places right now, emotionally, right? Yeah. Where, you know, her brother's really happy, you're really happy, you guys are getting married, and she is not in the same place. And it sounds like this, uh, her not being including in the wedding party just intensified that feeling for her. Here's what I would also say. This person is really hurting and bitter. Do not let their bitterness make you bitter. Yes. Because that's what can happen here. Yeah. If anything you take from this, is this is really sad. This person is missing out on being happy for their sibling. It's really sad this person is missing out on joyous time. It is. And do not let their bitterness take you down too. Focus on what is important, your love for your partner, what you're surrounded by, and let that person say, okay, that person is suffering. I cannot let that consume me. All right. And that, that's our episode. And that's our episode. Um, we always ask you to rate, review, subscribe, follow on Apple Podcasts. You can check us out on Instagram at Shrink Chicks or at the Therapy Group. If you are getting started in your therapeutic journey, looking to change your therapeutic journey or looking to continue on, we would love to connect you with one of our amazing clinicians at thetherapygroup.com. If you want to do some um, individual work, you can go on Amazon and check out the Shrink Chicks Journal. It's starting to get pretty cold out, especially in Pennsylvania. So check out our amazing merch online. We have great beanies and sweatsuits and all the wonderful things. Thank you so much for listening. We are totally grateful to you all, especially going into this holiday season. We love you. And then don't forget that to grow yourself, you got to know yourself. We'll see you next week. Bye.